Authors on the Air. I'm Terry Shepard. Welcome to Authors on the Air. We've all heard the old chestnut, write what you know. Few know their genre better than our guest, Gavin Reese, a longtime law enforcement officer with training in special weapons and tactics, narcotics, counterterrorism, and dark web investigations. Gavin brings a wheelbarrow full of real-world experience to his writing, crafting thrillers that explore our inner conflict between good and evil. He's the author of the popular Alex Landon crime series, and over the course of 15 days in October of 2020, he released a prequel and three books in his chilling St. Michael thriller collection. It stars a street cop turned Catholic priest who is recruited into the ranks of an organization that attacks evil around the world in a visceral way that ultimately raises uncomfortable questions for Gavin's hero. Mike Madden, best-selling author of Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan Jr. novels, calls the St. Michael thrillers a throat punch. It will leave you thinking about the hard realities of the temporal and the eternal. And that's the best kind of fiction there is. Author James Rollins, who has appeared on this program, says these pages also hold the promise of much more to come from this author. I know I'll be first in line to see where this story and character goes next. Before we bring him on, here is a section from the prologue to book three of Gavin Reese's St. Michael Thrillers, The Absolver. Michael pondered the coded explanation of his next investigation, the numerical ending to John's email that referred to a specific paragraph of Catholic ideology. Although an obscure and lesser referenced section of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, Michael knew 2297's subject by heart. Kidnapping, hostage-taking, mutilation, terrorism, and torture. No idea which part of that I'm being sent to corroborate, but they are all among the most reprehensible aspects of human behavior. Most people will never understand that killing isn't the worst thing humans do to each other. Michael considered some of the gruesome crimes he'd investigated when he still worked as a cop before he entered the priesthood all those years ago. There's nothing on earth so cruel as a human who's inspired and motivated by evil. We routinely commit atrocities against our own species that even predatory animals would find immoral. Michael stood and refreshed a navigation page on the phone's browser. Last night's web search proclaimed the private international airport stood within a 30-minute drive despite road construction on the A206 and the A21 highways. He confirmed a nearly identical commute this morning and returned his work cell to the nightstand. Michael cycled through a slow, deep breath to combat his rising apprehension. As he'd done for decades, he kneeled beside the bed to begin the first of his five daily prayer recitations. Unlike most days, he struggled this morning to first calm his mind and force anxiety from his heart. The investigation here in London has been a recurring strikeout, so I haven't had to face this day. If my Paris assignment really involves terrorism or kidnapping, I need all the wisdom and fortitude God's willing to offer 
and all the grace and divine guidance I can carry. Another deep breath offered him no reprieve. God willing, I'll officially become a serial killer today. Gavin Reese, welcome to the program. What an opener. How'd you do that? Uh, I, I would like to be able to, uh, to explain where that comes from. And if I could identify and distill it, um, I, I would be far more successful than I am today. I, I can't, can't even begin to imagine where the, where that comes from. And I'm grateful for the, the inspiration of the muse when occasionally it decides to show up and play along. John Lennon famously said that the best art comes through us and not from us. Is that what it feels like when the muse is talking to you? I, I think that's a, a, a relatively fair description. I, I very closely adhere to uh, uh, what Elizabeth Gilbert said about muse and creativity and inspiration that I try really to distance myself from either the credit or the blame <laughs> of, of the process and the, and the outcome. Um, uh, for this particular series, I've wrestled with the underlying questions that I try to deal with in this Absolver series for so long and so personally that I, I think a lot of that is an intrinsic a, a catharsis of my own misgivings and my own fallacies. And a lot of that comes from the real world. You spent most of your life in law enforcement. Why write? Well, I, I, I started writing uh, most recently as a way to deal with the world around me. And uh, between trail running and writing, those two things have largely been uh, real self-therapy for me over, over the years. And I began writing as a way to deal with some of the frustrations and the, the things that I wanted to, to address and change in the world around me that were beyond both my sphere of influence and span of control. And I think that that has largely evolved into, uh, into a, a labor of love that I didn't really intend first words almost a decade ago now. And you have a long career as a cop, um, brings a lot of those sensibilities to the story. So there's a bit of you in St. Michael. There's a, a bit of me. He's, he's definitely not me. I'm not him. I, I really hope that, uh, Michael Thomas is a, is a better man than I am. I think he's also interesting than, than I am. Um, but I, I think that while he and I and even the uh, Alex Landon character from the other series, we all share some similar experiences, but have different looks at the world, different paradigms on certain things. And I try to use my experience in the real world to help inform their perspective and allow readers to experience the real world through them without just very broadly painting these characters with my personality and, and my 
my outlook and my paradigm. Um, so I'm hoping to, to differentiate those things as a characters that I would more like to be rather than who I am. A number of our listeners are meeting you for the first time on this program. Give them some background on your two protagonists, Michael and Alex. Sure. So I started writing uh, Alex first, and Alex Landon is a he is a detective who's probably a little bit too Boy Scout for his own good, and he sees the world around him in especially at the beginning of this series, uh, sees the world around him in a lot more, not black and white terms, but a lot more concrete terms. Uh, and as he faces really significant uh, external conflict within the criminal world and also within his own department and within his own ranks, over time, that that shifts a lot of his intrinsic perspective and forces him to to confront some of his own uh, misgivings about humanity and the the people around him. For uh, Michael Thomas in the the Absolver series, he was born of a uh, a conversation my my wife and I had, and. We were talking about um, uh, about me wanting to put out a another series, um, a different character to explore some different different aspects of the human experience. And we, in talking about you know some ideas, I think we realized together that we're a little bit more conspiracy theorist than we realized. <laughs> And um, that is uh, absolutely, and I, I, I do not define myself as a conspiracy theorist at all, but I, I would imagine a lot of them don't. But, you know, I, I'm absolutely confident we landed on the moon. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like I'm out on the, the fringes of, of that. But as it, it turns out, as we started looking at more and more conspiracy related ideas, um, I, I think, and the best conspiracy, I think, has some kernels of truth to it. So, I, in designing Michael Thomas and the world around him, I wanted him to wrestle with uh, some aspects of uh, of revenge and vengeance and justified violence. And I think that there's, you know, a, a really wide spectrum within the human experience and, and paradigms and, and thoughts about those topics. And often, I think the folks engaged in a lot of that aren't necessarily folks who've ever had a lot of those experiences. And I wanted Michael Thomas to really have a background that informed personally his, his decisions and his version of morality. And I wanted him to be in a position to witness and also do some incredibly difficult things for the right reasons. And I wanted him and the reader to go along on this, this kind of voyage of 
what are the what are the boundaries? Um, when is when is it justice? When is it vengeance? Um, is mankind capable of wielding the authority of either? And I I hope along the way, it actually ends up being a fun thriller ride through some of the most wonderful international world-class cities that, uh, that you could ever visit. Gavin Reese is our guest. His latest series is the Absolver series featuring St. Michael, who's just telling us about Alex Landon is actually featured in the dead silent crime anthology box set. Is that still 99 cents on Amazon, Gavin? So it uh, just, uh, the promotional price just ended on that on uh, Monday, and we got word on Thursday actually that um, that uh, that set uh, hit the USA Today bestsellers list, and so we came in at I think number sixty-four of the the top one hundred and fifty overall. So we were incredibly, incredibly grateful and humbled to have been uh, so well embraced by by the reading community, and we're got exceptional reviews on it coming in and i i am so proud of that that set and i'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to be part of that so I, when i i got the invite i looked at the list of authors and i i very seriously looked at this and and, and considered not joining because like i'm gonna have to write the best crime story i've ever written just to carry water on this box set and i am uh, so humbled to have been a part of it is violence ever justified? Yes. I absolutely believe that there are justifications for violence. And I, um, a couple of years ago, started uh, looking into some uh, Eastern religious traditions, specifically Buddhism, and some of the, the different sects of that that, that, as a counterexample to my own experience and my own philosophies, um, that in those faiths, there is no justification for violence, even when what a lot of other paradigms, philosophies, religions would term an unjust aggressor. And that's one of the things that I love about the, the Catholic Church, even though I'm not Catholic, and the, the catechism of the Catholic Church is that it very clearly delineates and identifies and discusses the unjust aggressor. And I believe, for me, that violence is justified in defense of yourself and others. And I believe very vehemently that people who traffic in violence, who speak that as their native tongue. I don't believe in the immediate reaction, you can ever love or hug them enough to change their paradigm or alter their behavior. I believe that can only be accomplished in the long term after their violence has been dealt with and to prevent them from so negatively impacting the world around them. Did your years as a police officer impact your spirituality? Yes, very much so. My, um, I've had two, two major 
two major events in my life that really, really impacted that. I grew up in a non-denominational Bible church, so a lot of the the good news of Protestantism. Um, so every every Sunday was for us was good news and joy and celebration. It was not fire and brimstone <laughs> for, uh, that it was for for some of our neighbors, but. Um, growing up in that environment, um, I didn't ever really consider my faith until I was in college and studying the sciences and chemistry and physics and, and all of those things being mathematically based. And, um, there's a lot of argument about, religion and, and science in the scientific community. Uh, and my study of science actually reinforced my faith that I generally believe that the world that we know today is simply mathematically impossible without divine intervention. And then as a cop, one of the things that um, one of the key aspects of that that ended up impacting my my faith and spirituality was a really kind of a twofold issue of why do such horrific things happen to the most vulnerable people? Um, how is mankind allowed? to transgress upon one another in such brutal terms. And that defies explanation. Simply there's there's no 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 ability to, I think, to to rationally find that answer. But what it in, ended up ultimately doing for me was reinforcing that all of that, those parts of it, the why are outside of my span of control and sphere of influence. I'm not capable of understanding it. And the only thing that I'm capable of doing with my particular skill sets and gift and paradigm um, of being willing to put myself in harm's way on behalf of strangers, some of whom may despise me. But being able to put myself in that position allows me to intervene on their behalf and perhaps with the right placement, be in a position to alter some degree of evil in the world around us. Gavin Reese is our guest. His website is G-A-V-I-N-R-E-E-S-E, GavinReese.com. Our own author's voice often reflects what we've read. What authors influenced your style? Uh, <laughs> um, my favorite authors uh, over time are um, probably pretty unsurprising for other folks in in my age bracket growing up in the in the 70s and 80s um, the most I, I guess I should say the first book that really uh, really influenced me and, and really intrinsic and ethereal level was actually 1984. And the old man in the sea. And then when I eventually um, started reading 
more serious adult fiction, Tom Clancy's Hunt for Red October was the first thriller that I ever picked up, like a lot of folks in, in my my generation. And his ability, especially at that time, pre-internet, where everything was card catalog research and magazine subscriptions and popular mechanics, he did such an incredible job of spinning, even as Reagan called it, the perfect yarn that brought readers in to a world of spies and government agents and this character in, in Jack Ryan, who by modern thriller conventions breaks all the molds. He's the only character I've ever read, the main character, who has no flaws. His greatest flaw is being a Boy Scout in trusting too much in believing in the people around him as a knee-jerk reaction, as a native instinct, rather than treating them with suspicion, as most of the rest of us tend to treat strangers. And he doesn't have a lot of the moral issues that we deal with in, in humanity, but also that thriller, uh, thriller protagonists don't deal with. And despite that, he composed these incredible captivating stories that have been carried on now many years after his passing by a number of authors tapped by the Clancy estate to continue that. And it is still just enthralling today to read a Jack Ryan story as it was 40 years ago. And the Jack Ryan group is a big fan of Gavin Reese. One of your uh, blurbs <laughs> comes from Mike Madden who writes the Jack Ryan Jr. novels. How did you get that blurb? I So I, uh, because of uh, the Authors on the Air Network, actually, I began uh, my, uh, my podcast on this network, Writers on the Beat. And when uh, Pam Stack first proposed that podcast to me, I saw it as a tremendous opportunity to essentially create a self-guided master of fine arts in thriller writing. And because of the volume of reading that I needed to do week in and week out to have a relevant conversation with these writers about their craft and their process, I was going to have to dive headlong into their stories, into these books. And, um, it afforded me a really tremendous opportunity to speak to people, uh, many weight classes above me as, as writers and Mike Madden being one of them. I've talked to him a couple times now, and he is one of the nicest guys I've ever had the pleasure to meet online. <laughs> and, you know, you know, one day when we can all travel again, I'm definitely, definitely going to uh, buy Mike some beverage of his choice, but he, uh, after he and I spoke um, on his uh, the second release that he had in the in the Jack Ryan Jr. series, uh, I had just put out the Absolver prequel, which is the 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 origin story of of how that that character and the the series starts, and I literally just sent a uh, 
uh, a copy of it to Mike and said, you know, if you happen to have time, I'd really appreciate you taking a look at this. And, you know, I'd appreciate any, any criticism that you've got. And what he responded with was that, that blurb you read, uh, which is, um, I am so incredibly humbled and grateful that someone of his caliber and someone of James Rollins caliber enjoyed something that I wrote. And the, the greatest compliments that I've ever received um, from my peers are, are among those that you've read. And the greatest compliments that I've received at all have really been from readers who say things like, this is my new favorite author. I, I can't, because my favorite authors hold such iconic positions in my life as a reader and how I choose to spend my time. That is a, just an unbelievable compliment. It's, it's really mind blowing that someone would actually think that. Well, it's well-deserved. It's the, your stuff gets very <laughs> high ratings. So it's obviously a reflection of a broader audience who is connected with you. Well, I, I am incredibly grateful for the opportunities to, to put some creative work out into the world and well-received or not, I, I really do write for myself and my own therapy first and foremost, and very, very close behind that is the reader. And I am so incredibly grateful when I hear that they believe that their time has been well spent because especially in the last year with all of us having had our realities so heavily altered and I believe we tremendously need escape now more than ever and being able to help folks step outside of their isolation of the disappointments of the last year and help them have a few hours of reprieve is, is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful thing to be able to do. Gavin Reese is our guest. The St. Michael thrillers is his latest output, three books and a prologue released in 15 days. How'd you do that? So the, um, the, the re-release of, of all those, we, had, uh, had been working through a, a publisher in London and um, essentially the, the end of our contract period was coming up for negotiation. And um, it was uh, really just very simply a, a business decision that we wanted to go ahead and recover all the, the, the publishing rights and, and look at um, some other options for the, the creativity of the, of the project, all of those books, um, I, I did end up, uh, in the, the original release sequence. We started with the Absolver Rome, um, that came out in November of 18. The next book in sequence, the, uh, the Absolver Vienna came out in February of 19, just three months later. And Paris originally came out in May. Um, and so every 90 days, we published a new book. And the Absolver, the prequel series, um, I wrote that 
uh, in the, the, the following summer. Um, and even that undertaking of, of having those books come out, one new novel every 90 days, was um, it, it was a task. And I, I have only been able to do that because most of my writing, even though I've never been a member of the Catholic Church, I've never been a priest, I've never been a secret government or a secret Vatican spy that I'll ever admit, uh, right? That's part of the rules. But what I have done are a lot of things in my law enforcement experience that directly or very closely correlate to the experiences that Michael Thomas has through these stories. And so I really get to cheat the system because a lot of ways, um, every city that I've, I've written about in that series, uh, with the exception of Bogota, uh, I've been to. And so I am writing on my own experiences, my own photographs, the places that I've actually walked. And a lot of the, the actions that Michael takes through that series most all of them I have done in some form myself or watched my partners do it. So a lot of that gets written based on actual experience and not research. So I just get to throw words down. And when I'm working off of a well-crafted outline and writing largely from experience, it's not unusual for me to be able to put down uh, 10 to 12,000 words a day which uninterrupted would be a full-length novel in about a week. You speak often using the inclusive we. Who is, <laughs> who, who's on your team? Who supports you in this whole enterprise? There is a, a menagerie of folks that um, have contributed to this in, in some way, shape, or form. The, the, the bulk of that, I, I think, is uh, me and, and Mrs. Reese, um, even though I'm, I'm writing the words and putting, you know, this name out there for, for criticism or accolade. It really is a team effort. And a lot of the, the decisions that we've made about this from a business perspective have definitely been, been us. But I have a, an incredible team of technical advisors who also help with very specific and minute aspects of the detail that go into these books. Having never been Catholic myself, I made some really fantastic friends, um, lifelong brothers really, that give me very honest and candid advice about their experience as Catholics and their knowledge of the Catholic Church, the catechism, the religion versus the faith and the, the dogma therein. So I do occasionally have to reach out to folks for information on weaponry, uh, for some on, on military specific tactics rather than, than law enforcement. But for the most part, the bulk of it is, uh, is, is me and my better half. Do you have an agent? No, I do not. I have been referred to a few agents over the last couple of years, and I haven't pursued that very heavily. My personal paradigm tends very heavily toward, um, toward independence. And I think some of the, some of the business realities of the publishing industry 
just so very closely mirror that of the music industry and with them being creative art. You know, there's at the end of the day, business decisions that get made about whose art is published this year and whose art is picked up this year. And if nobody's looking for a conspiracy series or a crime thriller series, it won't matter how well received my writing is. It won't uh, any of the other ancillary details. It's just simply not marketable um, to a lot of a lot of those entities. Uh, that said, I am crafting a series now that's a, a first-person espionage series. I, I'm told to likely describe it as a near-future dystopia um, centered around uh, the emergence of a global artificial intelligence. And so I think that series, uh, because it is a little bit more unique and I think in a less competitive, less saturated genre, is more likely to have agent appeal um, without really restricting my creativity. So I, I think that uh, that one's going to going to go up on the auction block, uh, hopefully this year. Gavin Reese is our guest. You are the host of the Writers on the Beat podcast. Tell us about that program. So I am so incredibly grateful to, to Pam Stack and Authors on the Air for affording me the opportunity to, to put that podcast together and to run it how I saw fit for better, for worse. <laughs> the, the intent of the podcast is really to help writers of all genres incorporate more authentic cops, crimes, and criminals in their stories. And whether you're writing a romance um, or fantasy reverse harem, uh, whatever the multiple subgenres are that get us down into the weeds, or an espionage book, um, or a techno thriller, or a police procedural. Most stories involve some element of crime. They also tend to involve complex and interesting characters. And so what I wanted to explore myself, uh, a lot of the, the, the questions that you posed to me at the front end of this, how do writers do what they do? How do you create um, something from nothing and have the detail and the relationship with the reader that you have through words and no visual imagery to try to talk to some of the people who are most effective at that right now, as well as technical experts. Um, I've brought in a number of different law enforcement officers. Uh, we've had prosecutors, defense attorneys on the show. Um, I actually uh, got the chance um, because of my writing, actually, I got the chance to speak with Jeffrey Dahmer's former landlord. And, you know, there have been really tremendous opportunities because of this podcast to bring in folks with very personal experience that can help writers, regardless of what you're writing, to compose a better reader, a better reader experience. And that's really what, what I hoped to achieve with it. Gavin, how will you define success if and when that comes to you as an author? I guess I have a couple of benchmarks. Um, the, the first is that I would like just simply to be satisfied with the product that I've put out. And 
unfortunately, Hemingway was right in that writing is never finished. It's only ever abandoned. And I'm, I struggle tremendously with the temptation to go back and re-edit things. Um, and thankfully, over time, the things that I, I want to try to re-edit are incredibly minuscule and at the end of the day don't matter. But uh, the, the other um, success that I would really like, uh, the other benchmark, I guess, for success uh, would simply be for, um, for the day in, uh, as she proclaims, the not too distant future um, when Mrs. Reese can quit her day job and we can uh, begin simply traveling cross country um, with me typing and us going to the next disaster zone that needs volunteer work or, you know, the next, um, you know, animal rescue that, that needs additional help. And um, when my writing is capable of allowing us to be professional philanthropists, that will certainly be the, uh, the material benchmark. GavinReese.com, G-A-V-I-N-R-E-E-C-E.com is the website. Where else can people find you on social media? So we, uh, <laughs> I say we again. <laughs> so I am uh, found on uh, Facebook at uh, Gavin Reese Author. Mostly, uh, I am best reachable on the, the website, GavinReese.com, where readers can find a blog series that I occasionally post when I, I think something draws my attention or, or would be worth sharing. And uh, readers can also sign up there for my newsletter, which contains a, a little bit of everything literary uh, related to cops, crimes, and criminals. And um, occasionally, you know, some, some true police stories of my own experiences and uh, some of the things that I'm reading now and thinking about the world around me. Gavin Reese is definitely a name that you need to put into your notebook. Visit the website, GavinReese.com, read that blog, and get to know Alex Landon and Michael Thomas, two fascinating characters. I just want to thank you for being on the program today. It's been a fascinating conversation. I am so grateful for the invite, Terry. It's so wonderful to, to actually kind of get to meet you after all this time. And uh, I'm looking forward to our, our paths crossing in the physical world as well. Authors on the Air can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. We invite you to explore the many other podcasts that focus on the craft aggregated at the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Our theme music was written by Pavlo Butorin. I'm Terry Shepard, and I'll see you in the next chapter. 